Hello again, everyone. Drew Neiman here. Welcome to A Battle Within. I'll be joined by Tara Neiman, my wife and the inspiration for A Battle Within in just a little bit. For those checking in for the first time, this is a podcast about our life experiences and those of our guests dealing with and managing post-concussive syndrome, otherwise known as PCS. I'd really suggest checking out episode number one to start as it explains very well what PCS is. Episode 12 is also another excellent episode, as Dr. Rochester explains what concussions and recovery have been like with Terry. He also offers great insights throughout the episode that may be helpful to you and your loved one. It is our desire that this platform be a useful way to create awareness around the invisible injury and help those recovering. One way to do this is to share. If you'd like to have a chance to tell your story on the podcast, let us know. Reach out at abattlewithin.com or at Facebook at A Battle Within. We'd be happy to consider it. Today's episode is another installment of Terry's Takes. This is where I present a few topics that I've come across that relates to TBIs. I try to gain Terry's initial perspective on the topics and ask her about her take and suggestions as a survivor. Article links and information are in the show notes so you can investigate some of the topics discussed a little further. Remember, Terry and I are not medical professionals. We are only offering our perspectives and experiences on the topics. Okay, on to Terry's Takes 2.0. Hello again, everybody out there. Hi, Terry. Hi, everybody. Hi, Drew. You know, Terry, it is time. It is time. Terry's takes oh, 2.0. What we're doing today. Yes, I know you're very excited to offer your perspectives. Oh and, goodness! And I love, I love <laughs> these types of episodes. I really do. You like all of them? Who yes, but but I like these especially. I, I like getting your perspectives on things and to talk about things that are outside of our life in the PCS world. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to talk to you about the first topic. I know it's a real passion for you, so it's not necessarily outside of our life, like like I just said. But let me give you the lowdown here, all right? Yeah. Okay. So, realpharmacy.com, as in farm, F-A-R-M, uh, right? Okay, so yeah. you know that. It's basically a big uh, health website and Facebook page that has a following in the millions. And they posted an article recently about essential oils and brain injuries. See, this is up your alley. Yeah. All right. What? You saw it? Yeah, I read it. Did you? No. Okay, so let me give you the lowdown here. So basically what happens in the article is that they begin by explaining the Olympic system and how inhaling oils can be a powerful tool in helping to treat some of the ailment. Studies in Vienna and Berlin universities indicated that a natural compound found in essential oils of vetiver, patchouli, cedarwood, sandalwood, and frankincense can increase levels of oxygen in the brain by up to 28%, which obviously would aid in healing. The article goes on to suggest that therapeutic essential oils may be, and I'm going to quote here, an unexplored frontier in medicine. Those are pretty big words there, isn't it? So the ability of essential oils and its properties to affect both physical and psychological functions in the body is one reason why it's currently being evaluated for brain injury treatments. The article claims that the essential oil of choice for any kind of brain disorder is... Can I guess? Indeed what? Frankincense. 
You are 100% correct. Frankincense is actually able, this is the article, I know you know a lot of this information, but the folks out there may not. Frankincense is able to cross the blood-brain barrier to stimulate the limbic system of the brain and other glands within the brain, promoting memory and releasing emotions as well. Right, to say essential oils can do that, not just frankincense. Right, but it's the one that they started, and they say that's the top one as far as it pertains to the brain, what they're saying. The article closes up shop by saying, look for the term 100% therapeutic grade oils on the label. So that I have to laugh. Right. So (laughs) here are my questions, and I will start with question number one. What are your initial thoughts on what I've passed along? So I got very stuck on the 100% therapeutic grade oil because Mm -hmm. a lot of people see that, and that is what I call greenwashing. So a lot of products will put words or pictures on products to make you think their product is one way when it's really not. Examples, natural, eco-friendly, and we'll put green leaves or green use green colors, things like that. Our cleaning industry, our personal care product industry, our essential oil industry are unregulated. Those, that's just made up. It's a bunch of so crap. So this is a bunch of crap. Yeah, you really can't put any faith into that they literally can put five percent of, of an oil of the pure oil in the product and fill it up whatever they heck they want and call it therapeutic, um, therapeutic. Yeah. yeah aside from that aspect of it you know how do you feel about the frankincense claim though i mean do you find it to be true i mean i know you use well it. yeah that's my go-to okay that's why i actually guessed it i i would, yeah. I would have kind of been surprised if it wasn't frankincense right so it sounds like you, like you're all on board with the frankincense part based on your own experiences. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. Okay. Now remember, this study was done in Europe, and they tend to have a little, be a little bit more open and reasonable with these types of uh, topics, in my opinion. Yeah, and they've also banned a lot more chemicals than the United States. Right. So my question is toxic chemicals, because chemicals are everywhere. Do you think it's going to be a struggle to gain acceptance in the states? No, I think people are coming more around to the natural way and realizing and want that for themselves and their families and their pets. But I also do think that there is a lot of misconceptions and people think that what they can purchase out there just because it's out there on the shelves in our American stores is safe. Okay. And and that is something that people have to learn about. Learn right? about. Yeah. And when I first found out about it, I, I was pissed off. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. All right. Now, we've spoken about your use of oils here and there previously, but on the topic specifically of essential oils, I was wondering if you kind of just give us a little, a little speak to, you know, what your experiences have been like using essential oils as you continue to recover from your... Well, when I first went to essential oils, I thought everybody was like crazy because I was a DIYer with cosmetic hand and body lotions soaps like that kind of stuff so when i used essential oils in the past prior to me turning to them for my concussions Mm -hmm. i used them for cosmetic purposes only so when i began to bring them in to support my body systems and to support my body and doing what it needs to do to help me i was kind of shocked at the success rate that i had and how i felt and sometimes i thought it was mind over matter and I'll tell you a story. There was yeah. a groomer brought into uh, Young Living, and she used, she actually had a little dog, 
and D, I'll call you out here because it was you. But so shout out to D if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. But she had this little dog that was vicious and um they would have to glove up and protect themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. So they used the TOA, which is our one of our animal sense line. And they'd gotten permission from the owner, of course, and the dog was able to get through the whole grooming session. Now, you can't have a placebo effect with a dog. A dog, it's not mind over matter. Mm. It's not like something you do. Oh, well, it was just in the dog's mind. So I started seeing more and more things like that. Yeah. For, like infants. That's true, too. Yeah, it's, like a, that. Zoe, yeah. Yeah, with Zoe, yeah. like hysterical crying and had put like peace in common under a nose to s- smell. Mm. And then she went from like, hyperventilating crying almost to calming down yeah so children it's not like that and pets it's not like that and so i started believing more what i was seeing in me okay. it's like okay so it's not just me just wanting to grab onto this because i was surprised at how fast it was helping i saw with colton and zoe that there are grandchildren and terry's right about the story with zoe but also uh started using uh his dad started using uh the rollers on Colton for going to school and stuff like that. And Colton was always the kid at school who never got sick. Right? Cool. Well, yeah. yeah. Right? Remember that Remind app? Yeah. The Remind app, the teacher had put out, like, everybody has to come get a, get their kids yeah. message because they're all sick. Yeah. And I fully expected to pick up Colton sick with what they were talking yeah. about. He gets in the car and he's like, hi, Bammy. Yeah. That's what he calls me. Hi. And chatter, chatting away. Colton, how do you feel? And he's like, fine. (laughs) Good to go. Okay, so to wrap it up with the oils here, you and I are both in belief that it should should be considered as part of uh, somebody's treatment plan. Would you agree? Yes, but I think that you need to be extremely careful with who you're purchasing your oils from. It's got to be the right oils, right? Okay. Yeah, to me, I totally believe they need to own their own farm, the distilleries. They need to have their hand in the process the whole entire way. Otherwise, you're dealing with the oil cartels out there. And then you need to have make sure they're having third parties testing it because it can't just be their word. The land needs to be pristine. The seed needs to be pristine. The whole process. Right. Like like anything else, you're going to get what you pay for and how how everything is treated and handled. Yeah, I totally believe in that. Okay. On to Terry's take number two. The very popular website, Brainline.org, published an article recently called Nine Things Not to Say to Somebody with a Brain Injury. <laughs> yeah. funny. Frankly, I'm not surprised the article was written. However, it's probably read by more people with the injury than without, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Based on the site that it is. But I want to read them off to you and just kind of get your, your initial reactions and feelings about it, okay? Yeah. Just to have a little fun here. Mm-hmm. Play a little bit of a game. So number one is, you seem fine to me. I hate that one. Yeah, that's a number oh, one. Oh, I hate that. Uh, it's a front, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of times. I mean, there are days that I am fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, especially in the beginning, even in the middle, there were more days that weren't that fine. Mm-hmm. And I might have appeared that way or tried to appear that way. And I got told that all the time. Right. And But mm-hmm. the struggle was internal and mm-hmm. real. Just as much as somebody who's walking around with a broken leg or smashed in, you know, right. you could see their arms all messed up or whatever. I think for all the folks that are out there listening who have experienced the injury, I think they're all feeling exactly the same way you did. That's very so, frustrating. Right. 
So for the folks who might be caregivers or just listening in for somebody that they love, just consider that one. Mm -hmm. I can't take my brain out and for you to see it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. You can't put a cast on it either. Number two, maybe you're just not trying hard enough. Yeah, or you're like, you're being lazy. You know, trying to push through. Yeah, That's exactly what's in parentheses after it. You're lazy. Yeah, Yeah, uh, that really ticks me off a lot because I tried really hard. And all my therapists and my doctors they were great about noticing that mm-hmm. and telling me that. And so I had a really supportive family too that would tell me that. But there were times that I still heard it from people mm-hmm. on the outside. Well, maybe if you did this or maybe if you did that, and I really wanted to kick them because I had no idea what I was actually trying to do. And I, I do you think I want to feel this way? Mm-hmm. Right. So again, it goes back to awareness and lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three, you are such a grump. Yo, that would just make me grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> well, irritability is one of the most common signs of a brain injury. And it's, it could be a direct result of the injury or side effects. I and, would laugh pressure. out if someone said that to me. I would show them just how grumpy I could get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't have, we didn't really experience that particular one, right? No. Here, here's another but one. I'm sure people do. Yes. Number four. How many times do I have to tell you dot, dot, dot? directed towards me yeah so pretend i'm saying it to you how many times do i need to tell you terry to do this i think that would really crush me because i try so hard and i know like i was forgetting things or not remembering Mm -hmm. steps of whatever Mm -hmm. i was already feeling not myself and that there was something wrong with me and my intelligence at that point so if somebody was saying i think i feel it's kind of condescending and i would have I think it would have deflated me a little. So number five kind of ties in. Do you have any idea how much I do for you? Yeah, that would. <laughs> that would. Again, it's upsetting because they and I, people going through it, do need help and need people to step in and support them. So, but we don't need the braggers. Yeah, or the reminding of it, right? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Yeah. So just so you folks out there, you can't see it on a podcast, but I'm watching steam coming out of Terry's ears. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it happens, and yeah, I, know I know people are going through that. I, I know. That's why I'm trying to get your reaction. So, number six. Your problem is all the medications you take. Now, we haven't experienced that, but so to speak, but other people, I guess, have. It's like the what came first, the, the chicken or the egg, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, taking the medications to try to feel better. Yes, medications could create more problems. So this is like a catch-on. Yeah, right. That is not where everything originated from. Right. It's not the problem. Right. Not at all. It's not the problem. The problem is somebody hurt their, their head, their brain, right? Mm-hmm. In some capacity. Yes. Okay. I agree with you on that. Okay. Number seven. And this is one that, frankly, I got slapped by you about. Let me do that for you. Yeah, just recently. Yeah. And as I was starting mm-hmm. to get more independence, I wanted to be able to do and try, even if it was difficult. You told me I was overprotective and I needed to let you do, even if you failed. Yeah. I think I've accomplished that. I think I've yeah, given that listen. to you, right? But yeah, I, I had... Because it can feel smothering and it can feel that I am baby that's how I felt like I know you were doing it out of love right and I know you were doing it too because you were coming from a place where it had to be at that level 
I just didn't back down at the right time. Okay, I, I, It's kind of like raising a child in some ways, yeah. if you think about it. Parents go out there and they do overdo. Mm-hmm. And at what age do you stop doing? I always take it back to when we taught Brooke. She yeah. was like nine years old to do laundry because she could get up on the, step on the stool. step stool mm-hmm. and press the buttons. And then she was like the only kid at college who knew how to do laundry. So everyone was complaining mm-hmm. that we taught it too young. Oh, nine, nine. But she loved it. <laughs> And she felt proud of what she was able to do. But then other parents didn't even teach it when they went, kids and I went to college. Yeah, and mom and dad or whoever was still doing it for them. Yeah, and got pissed. They used to actually come there and do the laundry. Remember that? Okay. Let's go back No, but I'm just here. saying it's because, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to digress. I'm just trying to make an analogy. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like the parent thing where, you know, Know when when, when to like begin to let that let them do themselves. And I was guilty of uh, not knowing when that time was, and you corrected me there. Okay. Yeah. Number eight. Yeah. Try to think positively. Okay, that is what I needed to hear. Okay, I, I would agree fix to hear. with myself because I am really starting to be a big believer in mindset and thinking positive positive and emphasizing the positive instead of emphasizing the negative yeah to kind of squeeze the negative out Mm -hmm. but it's very very difficult when you're in a lot of pain right and it's something you actually have to work at yes right now but to say it to them like in a directive kind of way and see i came to it on my own but I, i don't think so yeah i don't know why this one made the list to be honest with you from where i sit I think if it's handled appropriately, I think encouraging in a positive mindset is like not, teaching techniques. Right. It's not mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. I think actually it would actually help to heal. And I think when people But I do understand the other side too, where it is hard to be positive when in the beginning. Right. When you're in a lot of pain and you things well, aren't going well. Going, you're you're going backwards. Little, little turmoil's bit. going yeah. on in your life. It's very, it's very hard. Easier said than done. Right. I, I totally agree with you with that. I just don't know if it should make the list of the top nine things not to say to somebody. That's my point. Well, I think it's about what, what ticks people off, yeah. you know? Number nine, and this is one that I totally agree with you. Okay. You're lucky to be alive. And again, in some ways I do feel that I, because... Especially like my first concussion with the bicycle accident, did feel lucky to be alive. And if someone said that to me, I probably would have said, "Yes, I do feel lucky to be alive." I'm still pretty messed up. <laughs> this is going on. I broke my shoulder, and I had no idea about the head. But you know, there are still things that need to be. I think people say that just to try to make you feel better. Right. I think that's where it probably comes from most of the time. But you're saying that to people where, generally speaking. I'm generalizing here. A person with a brain injury are six times more likely to have suicidal thoughts. So saying that to them could be feeding into that rumination of the bad thoughts. And I think that's kind of where the article was going with it. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Any thoughts on what the list might be missing? Sometimes some questions. Like, why can't you do that? Okay. So the why can'ts. Yeah. And I do a lot of repeating and explaining myself. Okay, so that, that frustrates you too. Like you have to keep going over the same thing over and over yep. again, explaining stuff. It's a fair point. On to the last take of the day, if you're okay with that. Okay. Terry's take number three. This one, I'm calling Music is Medicine. Right. Mm-hmm. Another article that I 
came across on the best brain possible website. The thought of music being medicine is really nothing new, but on this in this article, they talk about how listening to music can reduce anxiety, depression, blood pressure, and pain level. Uh, in addition, it can improve sleep quality and cognitive function. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody either, right? But mm-hmm. one, one study, though, that found uh, in this article talked about the act of listening to music reduced chronic pain by 21% and depression by 25%. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, if you think about it, that's fantastic. Uh, there's also evidence that listening to music can help. How did they study that, though? I'll put the show notes. I'll put the link in, in the uh, in the show notes, and then you can kind of go down the rabbit hole. For this <laughs> one, yeah, because yeah. the, the the article I read really refers to a lot of different articles and studies that were taken into account. Okay. Yeah, like my mind goes, was it a large study? What was available? Yeah, know. yeah, well, of course you do, but that's, you know, that's the teacher in you and the science teacher in you. So I'll leave that in the show notes. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it, I, I will put it in there. There's also evidence that listening to music can help in rewiring the brain after a brain injury. And the article explains that due to the fact that music is structural and actually activates different regions of the brain, such as auditory and limbic areas, it releases dopamine. You know, and these, these things are good for you. But it's music is also the one thing in the world that actually stimulates the entire brain, which people find helpful. I didn't know that. Do you find validity in your findings? Well, I so I've always loved music, but I have never made that connection that it was helping me in any way. Other than, yeah, you know, it always does make me feel good mm-hmm. and it's positive and I connect to it strongly. I can see that being true. I just would want to look into it deeper okay well that's what the show notes are for yeah (laughs) but it's cool yeah did you use music at all yourself to help you in your recovery process i used more meditation type music and i did biofeedback with my occupational therapist so in that way yes now obviously with those with folks with noise sensitivity this could be an issue for those folks right you know, listen to music. Well, not the meditation and the biofeedback. No, I just mean music in general. You know, oh, yeah, could well, it could be. Right, and they'll probably have to accommodate or something like that. But I do think it's worth at least asking your doctor mm-hmm. and exploring it. Does it make sense to you, too? Oh, yeah. Always work with your doctor. Is there anything you'd like to add before we shut down here for the three topics that we discussed today? No, my mind's kind of curious about the music one right. now i will tell you what because you're <laughs> vip i'll make sure i get the information to you earlier than everybody else out there okay thank you all right so so there you have it that's terry's takes 2.0 2.0 2. 2.0 yes hopefully you find the information and the discussions useful if you would like to be featured on the podcast Please reach out to us at the contact page at A Battle Within. Tell us a little bit about your story, and we'll get back in touch. Please take the time to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and review it wherever you may listen. And please be sure to share with everyone in your life who you feel who would benefit. Connect with us at abattlewithin.com and on Facebook at A Battle Within. Show notes and resources for this particular episode are available at abattlewithin.com016. Until next time, for those recovering, show yourself some grace. For those who know someone recovering, show them the same and give them a great deal of love. Say goodbye, Terry. Goodbye, Drew. All right, goodbye. And everybody else. And everybody. Take care, folks. Keep battling. Bye-bye.